Hello, everyone. Before we jump into the episode, I had uh, two notes in my mind that I was editing that I wanted to make sure I called out. First and foremost, um, I did the thing where I assumed you all knew what I was talking about. Um, and we are going to talk about the Bandera 100K uh, on this episode. And it's a recap um, from four of us who all went together to run it. For those who don't know, uh, Bandera is a race in, near Bandera, Texas, in the Texas Hill Country. It's at a state park, and it's just a really cool race. It's very rocky for um, really the entire race, but the first kind of half is of the course is very hilly, and then there's another hill at the very end. And uh, then there's kind of this nice runnable section in the middle. Um, beautiful, beautiful course. Absolutely stunning views. Uh, challenging and um, very, very well organized. Uh, the company behind it, Tejas Trails, is... Uh, um, they do just a fantastic job with it. It was probably... It was more well marked than I could have ever hoped for you know I there was never a problem finding my way around um, so I definitely uh, would uh, really uh, recommend this race to others I think um, if not for the timing of the year it'd probably be one I'd be looking at doing all the time uh, and even though the timing isn't great I, I definitely want to go back at some point the second thing I wanted to call out, and this is more speaks to the topic of the um, of this podcast, is so back in over the summer, I had put in the lottery for the Tokyo Marathon, knowing the odds of getting in are extremely slim. Cut to about a month later, we had all started talking about doing Bandera together, and my assumption was, like, you know, Tokyo's not going to happen. It's just, it's such a long slot shot for foreigners. And so, you know, I, I felt comfortable planning Bandera. Well, as the fates would have it, of course, I planned a race. I got into Tokyo. Now, I was really conflicted. I can go to Bandera every year if I want to. It's easy, you know, it's pretty easy race to get into but um as I was kind of struggling with it in talking with my wife it was kind of like well I could either go to Tokyo or I'd go to Bandera and you know clearly as you're hearing I ended up going to Bandera and what it came down to was I it was either go to Tokyo by myself which would have been a cool experience or go to Bandera with three friends and you know have a really awesome time and that's I, I think I made the right decision I feel bad because ultimately I ended up taking a slot from somebody who um who you know maybe could have made it work and uh you know I it that'll serve as a good reminder for me going forward not to put into a lottery unless I really 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 intend to go um but 
and we talk about this in the episode coming up a little bit about, you know, how much fun it was doing this as a group of friends. So uh, with that, I'll stop there and please enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome to another episode of You Said 100 Miles. Um, this is the metric edition, though. Uh, 100 kilometers. Uh, I'm your host, Bob, and uh, today uh, we're here to do a little uh, Bandera recap uh, with a few very special guests. Uh, I'm going to go around the room here. First up, Jada Freer. Hello. Chris Prairie. Howdy. And Derek Hartman. Hey, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we all, we're just fresh back from Bandera. And uh, we've now eaten and hopefully will not fall asleep before we uh, we wrap this up. So now, so everyone here finished the races that they started out to do. Um, and, uh, you know, for two of us, that was just, you know, the 100 kilometer, just, you know, just one one race. Uh, for the other two, uh, we, we they, they, that wasn't quite enough for them. And so Jada, uh, not only did she do the 100K, she also did the 25K today. And Chris did the 50K today. Uh, so uh, first of all, awesome job, everyone, uh, getting it done this weekend and uh, having a great race. It was, uh, this was my first time down here, um, and it's been, it's been a fantastic weekend. I've been glad to be able to spend it with y'all. Um, so Chris, I want to start with you. Um, you've been talking up this race for years, um, and you started, this is your ninth Bandera? Uh, ninth race of Bandera. I did the first I did my first ever 100k at Bandera in 2018 mm -hmm. um and that was as I was kind of a a growing ultra runner I had done one or two ultras and I wanted to step up um and it was actually kind of the first step on my big push to my first 100 miler mm -hmm. that same year later in October um which is uh, Cactus Rose which is the Bandera course with the easy parts taken out <laughs> Um, so <laughs> Which is Jada look finds out that's the 25k. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, it's, it's kind of become my every year race mainly because it's a Western States qualifier. Mm -hmm. Um, and it is the closest, most convenient Western States qualifier to where I live. Mm -hmm. Uh, plus I know the race director in the community and I've done, uh, Tejas trails races pretty much since I started trail running. So it's kind of become like my home race. Um, and I will plug it and encourage anybody to do it. Uh, when we had the golden ticket, it was awesome to have all these runners coming in from Colorado and Oregon and all these trail running places to come down to Texas and think that they're just going to, you know, fly through our course. And then they, they see the Soltol and they see the rocks and, and they, they do a double take. And I always kind of enjoyed that, but, but yeah, um, there is a, 
for those people that do the race multiple years, uh, once you've completed 500 kilometers of Bandera, you get a fleece pullover that says Bandera 500K. I earned that a couple of years ago. And then once you get to 1,000 kilometers, you can get the opportunity to get a windbreaker jacket that says Bandera 1,000K. Um, and a few years ago, they split up the race distances between different days. Used to be that the 100K, the 25K, and the 50K were all on the same day on Saturday, and they just had staggered start times. A few years ago, they switched and did just the 100K on Saturday, and then the 50K and 25K on Sunday. And therein, I saw the opportunity to get 1,000 kilometers at Bandera in fewer than 10 years by doubling up and doing 100K Saturday, 50K Sunday. So as of this weekend, I'm at 800 kilometers. All right. So two more years. Two more years. Two more years. All right. Um, Derek, let's jump to you. You did – so this is your second Pandera. Correct. Right? Um, and so you, you liked it enough the first time to come back for more. Well, I, I really enjoyed the first loop the first time. <laughs> and then I had issues with my IT band, and I knew I could do better mm-hmm. than what I did the last time. So it's always typically nicer in Texas in January than it is in Wisconsin. Usually. I mean, it was chilly here, but it wasn't <laughs> zero degrees with 40-mile-an-hour winds <laughs> and 14 inches of snow. It's true. Yes. Yeah, it, uh, I'm not sure exactly when I'll be. Hopefully, get this edited pretty quick. But for anyone in the Midwest, uh, particularly Wisconsin and Illinois area, like they got hammered um, while we were out having fun uh, here in Texas. So um, I'm not looking forward to going back to that. And you're going to have no. it worse. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to need to clear my driveway when I get home. Oh, yeah. What brought you down here the first time? Um, I, I knew some other friends who were doing the race. Mm-hmm. And they were talking it up. And it was a distance that I hadn't done before. Um, so in 2020, I did the race that January. And shortly after that, everything COVID happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I was able to complete the hundred K distance, and yeah, I think that may have been the first time I met you. I remember running sure. over yeah. Boyle's Cairns in the first thing, chit chatting with somebody, and I heard a, a Wisconsin accent got coming from behind me. Hey, are you the guy from Dots? <laughs> that could be, yeah. <laughs> Referring to my ambulance ride out of Dots Tavern at the inaugural Badger 100 miler mm-hmm. about six months prior. I heard you died. I uh, Yeah, word on the street is that I died in 2019 and everything since then has been a dream. <laughs> oh, man. Um, Jada, this is your first band, Eric. This is. And so you came down here. And you said, 100 kilometers, not enough. Never run the course. You wanted 125K. How did you get here? 
Well, I don't know that I wanted 125K. <laughs> but apparently I can be easily coerced into bad decisions. Um, so Chris had been talking about Bandera for a long time. Mm-hmm. And so everybody started signing up for it. And I signed up too. But um, I'm planning on running Cocodona in May. Mm-hmm. So this was a good opportunity. Chris said, hey, you know what would be great? Sign up for the race the next day as well. That's great Cocodona training. And I was like, sure, sounds fun. And so I did. Uh, and it's well, definitely type two fun. Type two fun? Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, spoiler, uh, Chris is also running Cocodona this year. Um, so uh, it, it does kind of make sense, though, right? Like getting that experience of going running something hard and... Going to bed for yeah, a bit, getting back up. And feeling going. like crap and getting up and running again. Yeah. Yeah. I think I learned a lot from it. Yeah. Yeah. I have a lot of like uh, notes and observations I want to talk with my coach about, things I notice about me, questions I have and stuff. So I think it was really, really a good experience. Nice. Nice. Now, what, how did you get dragged into Cocodona? Also, I know. Chris was there last year pacing and kind of got the bug of it. So like two years ago, Chris was like, all right, so I have this idea. And I was like, yeah, maybe a couple years, sure. And then like 18 months. And he's like, yeah, so Cocodona 2024. I'm like, yeah, sounds great. And then like six months ago, I was like, ah, shit. (laughs) Looks like I'm registering for Cocodona. We are 16 weeks out. I know, my God. That's it? Yeah. I'm probably going to die. Yeah, me too. Uh, I already died. I'm good. That's right. It'll be fun. (laughs) You're both Coca Donuts. That's right. It'll be a fun adventure. I don't have drops, unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) And you guys don't have headphones, so uh, you wouldn't hear them anyways. So I should just go in and insert them. That's what I'll do. Yeah. Post. Do it in post. Do it in post. So... So interesting assortment of how people got here um, and what they're doing. And, you know, of course, the whole, you know, whole premise of this podcast was what's it take to work up to a hundred mile race? And, um, and, you know, it, we went through that and me going to Badger, this was, this is, you know, it's 38 miles shorter than Badger. But this is hard. It's real hard. This is a hard race. Y- yes. <laughs> it was. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it was very, very difficult. Definitely stuff I'm not used to. I mean, it was more technical than anything I've done. And um, so much climbing. I mean, I've done races with more elevation. But this was hard. I, I, you know, moving up and down the rocks, uh, even when it felt, even when it was like, when I felt good, it was still slow. It was like painfully slow at times. And, um, and I I remember like at the, the beginning of the race, I just could, my heart rate was just like through the roof. You know, I finally figured out how to, you know, kind of keep it tamer, but, um, but it was a lot of fun. I mean, it's beautiful up there. It was really beautiful. Um, I didn't really know what to expect. I've never been 
in this area of Texas before, but uh, like the sunset, my gosh, like that mm-hmm. was magical. Derek was probably tired of me going, oh my gosh, it's so beautiful because no, <laughs> okay. it, it, really it was is. amazing. And it's hard to capture it in pictures. That's it. Yeah. We, we were tried. taking pictures and it's like it, the picture's nice, but it doesn't really do it justice. I mean, the whole sky was lit up. It was gorgeous. It w- yeah, it was really nice. I, it, I, the same thing. I, oh, this is my first time to Texas, period. I think maybe I had a layover in Dallas when I was like three or four, right? But um, I'd never been. So uh, just, just stunningly beautiful out there. I think every conversation I had with folks on the trail was like, yeah, if I didn't, if I wasn't traveling around the country for trail running, I'd never get to see stuff like this. So, um, so it was really cool. Um, what was everyone's favorite part of the weekend overall? Who wants to? Probably when I was done. (laughs) (laughs) Which time? (laughs) Today when I was, when I was done, done. (laughs) And I was clean and I was snuggled under blankets and just relaxing. Like <laughs> it's, it was type two fun. I mean, it was hard. I did. I enjoyed the race. Um, I, I do love racing. Um, and it was fun to, to be with everybody all weekend, but I'm glad it's over. <laughs> Not going to lie. Yeah. I'm going to get a little sappy here. Um, the fact that my friends came down to hang out and I got to show off some of my favorite trails and one of my favorite events. Um, that, cause I've been, I've been plugging this for years. Like everybody should come run Coconut or come run Bandera, run Bandera. So, and they finally came. Yeah. The, the, I guess the sarcastic favorite part was this morning when Chris and Jada both had to go back out because they told everybody yesterday on the course <laughs> that, Hey, I'm doing a hundred K today, but I'm doing 25K tomorrow or I'm doing 50K tomorrow. So you tell all those people that you can't not go out. So true. it was poke your head out of the bed and like, have fun, guys. <laughs> and you, you guys, guys went, went to breakfast. Got breakfast. We did. Yeah, we, we went to Bandera and got breakfast. You know, I was I, I was sitting there. I was I was in my in my bunk sleeping and and I heard you all get up and I was like, I could just continue to sleep here, <laughs> but I got to come out and uh, and just enjoy this moment <laughs> of Chris and Jada, like get dressed, get ready to go back out. Um, and, and uh, you know, for me, it, it's it was like getting to spend the weekend with you guys and and doing race racing with friends um, and. Uh, you know, even though I, I think at the start of the race, I got to r- run with you guys for maybe a mile, maybe two before, um, y'all got ahead of me. Um, but just being able, I think the experience we had this weekend of, uh, renting the RV, all us all coming here to Austin, driving out together and then coming back, being able to share time together. This has been, um, this has been really a wonderful weekend, and Chris has been a fantastic host. Agreed. Aww. Yeah, very much so. 
He's got to make up for his other defects somehow. Because <laughs> he has a shitty personality. Uh, I do. It's been established. Um, but you know, this is this is kind of what you know when I was get when I was getting into the sport. I think you know if you go through the whole podcast and my story, it was you know largely me dealing with a lot of stress in my life and and working through that stuff. And then, you know, I got through a lot of that and I hit my hundred mile goal. And now it's kind of like, what am I doing now? And while there are certainly other goalposts that I want to hit. Cocodona. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> Hard pass. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm going to, Chris, that one's all for you, man. I don't want to take, I don't want to take away. Give it three years. <laughs> Bob's going to text me. He's like, so I'm Cocodona curious. <laughs> I'll crew you. Yeah, there we go. I got, I got yeah, one. I'll crew you. Yeah, we, you got two. That's right. Um, but, I, but I, you know, I think about it. It's like, this is, this is just, it's just fun to do these things and, and, and have a, have the community of people around. And so, you know, for, for, for anyone who's listening to this, who's, kind of the my original target audience of like I'm interested in running ultras and building up to 100 miles when you finally hit that goal like this is the kind of stuff that's going to keep you in the sport and um and and keep you coming back for more and doing stupid hard things even when you're very undertrained <laughs> <laughs> you're 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 pushing yourself through the night to get it done. Were you calling me out or yourself? Myself. <laughs> <laughs> you hey, I, you know, hold before anything else, I should brag on everyone here. Like Jada and Derek largely ran together the entire 100k. Um I think you guys said you were separated for maybe 30 minutes the whole race. And y'all you Killed it. We were like just over 16 hours, right? Yeah. Correct. Yeah. And I mean, especially Derek, like like you said, I mean, you, you had a very similar December to me where you, uh, since your last race, Mines of Spain, where you didn't, you weren't able to train as much, right? Yeah. I, I finished Mines of Spain the end of October. Mm -hmm. Took a little bit of like cool down period where I walked a lot mm -hmm. and started running a little bit more. Started ramping back up and then had an issue with my back. Mm -hmm. And then worked through three weeks of that, was starting to build up a little bit and sprained my ankle. So there was one 40 mile week between the end of October and the beginning of January, mm -hmm. which is really not ideal when training for a <laughs> hundred no. K race. You your performance was so strong though i it's just it's so hard for me to believe that like you're completely undertrained because like you were totally moving that whole time and just kicking ass like it's amazing <laughs> like if you get like if you could string together several weeks of like 40 mile an hour weeks like what can't you do like i mean it, it's it's <laughs> i don't know there's some conditioning that you have deep and then once you once you've done a few races you get to a point where a lot of it's between your ears that's a fact you know it's kind of it was when i was coming here and i was thinking about it 
I was like, I know I can finish this race. It's just a matter of, you know, how how well am I going to be able to do knowing I was sick all of December and I barely ran. Um, but I know I can finish it because I do have that base level. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, it, like it's interesting and it, it's been a kind of a thought process for me as far as, like, thinking about what am I going to do going forward and, you know, how do I want, you know, what do I want to accomplish? And, uh, and it's not, it's nice to know that, you know, I still have the capability to finish something even if I'm not quite where I'd like to be, but it also reminds me of why I, I do, you know, I need those training blocks, you know, cause you guys finished just over 16 hours, got your Western States ticket. I finished after 17 hours. So I have to finish run rabbit run now to get my States ticket. Um, and I know I'm going to have to work really hard for that. And I, you know, and I'm okay with it. I like that. I do like training. So, um, it's, a, it's just, a, it's just an interesting part of the sport where not every race you're going to be, you're going to feel great for. Well, Jada, what about even the gentleman that we picked up along the course? We'll call him hamburger man. <laughs> that, that was, that was fun because this guy, we walked up, on this guy and he was like jada's like hey how's it going and he's like oh my feet feel like hamburger and i just feel terrible and jada what did how'd that all go i don't even remember i don't know i just engaged him in conversation and we ended up like passing a few miles together and like really i don't know after a bit He's like, I don't even notice my feet hurt anymore. Like, this is really great. This is the distraction I need. And then, like, we were just moving and, and you know, just going forward. And once we got to the next aid station, like, he took some time and, you know, fueled up and everything and headed out with us again. And he's like, this is amazing. I feel like a completely different person. I think that's something that's important for everybody to know, especially beginners, that, like, it – it always turns around like you could feel like absolute garbage and like that guy's feet were killing him and we were I want to say like 40 miles in we were probably 40 miles in so we had a ways to go but he had a lot of miles on his feet but if you think like I have to go 20 more miles like with my feet feeling like this like you're not gonna you're just gonna dwell it's gonna get you in a dark place but you have to know like things will turn around so Everything is fixable. Exactly. Well, yeah. Even. Take the time to fix yourself. Like, and focus on like the other things. Like, allow yourself to be distracted, maybe with conversation or enjoying the view, or you know, listening to something. Not on a speaker, though. <laughs> Just use your headphones, people. I will survive. <laughs> no speakers. That's right. Do not use your speakers. Keep it low. Jada has spoken. <laughs> but yeah, I think um. Yeah, it was, that was a fun experience. We re- we got to enjoy some stories with that gentleman. And uh, I wish we would have got his name because I'd like to see how he did. But, um, yeah, that's just a good lesson to, to learn. It was good for Derek and I to have somebody to chat with for a bit. And it was good for him to have somebody to to talk with and pass some miles until he felt better. And then he ended up taking off. And he was like, sorry, guys, I feel good. I'm going. We were like, get out of here, you know. <laughs> and we never saw him again. So he must have had a great race. Nice. 
Um, did you guys have, did you have anything during the race that you've been kicking yourself for a little bit or like you wish you had done differently? Not training, but during the race. I just wish I wouldn't have forgot my poles. <laughs> I forgot my poles during the 25K today, and I wish I would have had them with me. Ooh. It made things difficult. I think my execution was pretty good, um, but it's also like the eighth, ninth time I've done this race. Um, so I, I know the course really well. I know how to pace the course. Um uh, maybe being a little bit more consistent on my nutrition. Um, I had it pretty dialed in. I uh, probably would have labeled my drop bags differently. Um, because it you, you kind of break the drop bag system if you're running races on both Saturday and Sunday when the race volunteers are shuttling drop bags from the start finish out to the, the far out reaching aid stations and then bringing them back in, expecting that the 100K runners are going to want to pick up their drop bags Sunday morning when they're leaving the, the race. Right. Well, the 50K runners are out on the course and they want to use their drop bags. And um, I believe one of my drop bags got brought back. And uh, Bob and Derek, who basically kind of became the de facto crew while Data and I were running, saw that it had come in and said that is not good <laughs> and then shuttled it yeah, out good catch to... you guys just shout out like well done yes like that uh -huh. does not belong here now <laughs> yeah we better get that there now or someone's going to be very upset well and here's a here's another runner tip um drop bags can come in many forms many shapes and sizes um what I have started doing a few years ago, and I've seen other people do this as well, if you are at a race that allows you to place your own drop bags, um, not necessarily needing to rely on the race to shuttle them out for you, you can get away with a little bit larger footprint of a drop bag. Um, and I actually uh, came up with this system when I was racing uh, Cactus Rose, which is entirely self-supported. Um, there are no aid stations at Cactus Rose. There are just tents with water and tables and ice. And you are allowed to place anything you want in those locations to create your own aid station. Um, but it's pretty much all drop bags supported by yourself. And so what I did is I went to Home Depot and I bought a bunch of those five-gallon buckets with lids. And so I've got a set of five orange Homer buckets that you can put a lot of stuff in there. It's rainproof. It's something you can sit on if you need to change your shoes and socks. Um, and it stands out really obviously so you can see your drop bag as soon as you roll in. That so, might be a really good idea for Coco Dona. Yeah. <coughs> so, I have to put stopping think, at Home I think Depot the guys saw list. that this Homer bucket had been brought back in and that it didn't belong there. And... Uh, Little Birdie told me you guys went to Chappas instead of Nachos to re-deliver the drop bag. It was the roundabout way. <laughs> it got there. Full disclosure, when the Friday afternoon when we were setting up camp and dropping drop bags, I said, "All right, I'll drive out. I'll drive us around, and we'll drop our drop bags." Mm -hmm. And you know, having been done this race for the last seven years, I knew how to get to all the aid stations, and I think. Derek was trying to show off that he knew where to go. 
<laughs> you got your bucket. I did. I did. The bucket was there when I arrived. So we got the result we were looking for. Oh, man. Well, I was able to confirm that your bucket was still at Chapa's, too. That's true. It was just double checking. Yeah. Being thorough. It's uh, I I definitely appreciated your buckets um, two or three times uh, for the seat aspect of them. Okay, I was like, what did you do to my buckets? (laughs) I sat upon your bucket at Equestrian as well. Taking your socks. (laughs) Just don't open them, Chris. (laughs) Don't open them. Um, Yeah, I think... uh, the the only thing I wish I had done differently was uh, just accepted that covering doing 15-minute miles just was not going to happen, leaving nachos, and had just continued just running my own – just running my race. Because um, that, was, that was the only thing uh, that really went awry for me because I got – I got through the day and I did a really good job of like just feeling myself and knowing, okay, this, these are my limits. This is what I can do. Um, and then as soon as the sun went down, I felt great. Like I, I, if it was flat or, you know, not, uh, not bad down, I was running and I felt really good. Um, I was, I like, I can't wait to look at the, the, the data, um uh on Strava or Decoros and just see how much slower I was going up and down. Because I felt like I was moving so much faster at night and there might be like a time dilation aspect to that too. But uh it would I was I got to nachos and I was like can I run fifteen minute miles to the rent? Not thinking to myself I haven't run close to this the entire rest of the race. Like, why would I think I could do this for 15 more miles? So I kind of, I ran two miles really hard, could not get to where I needed to be. And I was like, okay, I'm blown up. Oh, it wasn't 15 minute miles. It was 12 minute miles. Never mind. Yeah. So it was even more ludicrous. I was, that was, that was my big mistake of the, of the day. Bob's gone plaid. <laughs> <laughs> and you forget. I <laughs> oh, I haven't watched that in a long time. That's a good one. It is. It is. It is. And I think it holds up. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I know there's like, you know, there's a lot of that, like those older comedies that like you watch today and you're like, ooh, ooh. It's a bit cringy. And this is a Mel Brooks one too. So uh, yeah, like it's Mel Brooks. It, he's, it you know could he's be doing. pretty yeah. cringy, but it's not. It works. Yeah. Um. So, a couple of things I'd say are uh, great takeaways from the weekend. One, uh, this is a fantastic race. It is very challenging. It is very satisfying. And it has a cool-ass buckle. Uh, the um, buckle is amazing. Yeah. The buckle is amazing. Um, RV camping was awesome. Uh, also amazing. <laughs> I, I will definitely plug for the RV camping. Um, again, having done this race so many years, 
the town of Bandera, for people who don't know, is population about 600. And the state park, the Hill Country State Natural Area, is about a 25-minute drive from Bandera. Um, there are plenty of dude ranches and Airbnbs in the vicinity. The problem is on race morning when you have 500 racers trying to get to the starting line for the 100K and there's one narrow dirt road that leads into the back of the park to do that, the traffic is a nightmare. Mm -hmm. So for a 7.30 a.m. race start, you need to plan on getting to the park by like 6:30 and and that means you're leaving your your Airbnb or your hotel before 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. probably closer to 5 just to make sure you don't get stuck in in the oncoming traffic which is fine you know getting up early for races but there's a giant massive field right next to the the lodge where the starting Nobody line is. Nobody wants to be like stuck in traffic and like stressed on race morning. Like exactly. That's the last thing you need. And the, the, the RV great, is totally the way Well, to go. and the great thing about the the race is that anybody can camp with anything in that field for $10 for the whole weekend. Mm-hmm. And so we rented an RV and we plopped it down and we were maybe 50 yards from the starting line. Yeah. Um, so you, so we got to sleep it in until so 6.30, wake up, you know, have some coffee, and lace up our shoes and head over to the starting line. It was extra convenient this morning when we had to do our second race. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'd, I wouldn't have done a, a double well, had, and, had and that we was been staying somewhere else. How I RV. first got into the RV yeah. thing a few years ago, the first time I did the double up, my math was that, oh... If I have a 30-minute drive after I finish the 100K back to my Airbnb and then a 30-minute drive the next morning. And then have to account for all the traffic because that's, it's, it's that's the second-day race is just as busy. That I could be sleeping mm-hmm. in between races. Mm-hmm. So let's get the RV and camp at the starting line. It was brilliant. Yeah. And the RV ended up costing about the same as what a hotel would for the weekend. Yeah. So it's really kind of a wash on the price. Yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't bad, especially split four ways. It, it really wasn't bad, and it was pretty comfortable. Uh, and it, it was just, it was like, it was so nice. Like, you could have the nicest hotel um, or resort or whatever, but if you, you can walk 50 yards from the finish line and be in the shower in a couple of minutes like that's awesome game changer yeah 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 without a doubt it does remind me i do want to something like uh as derek and i were driving around um we we noticed a couple of things and um especially since i'm you know targeting mostly newer runners with this podcast um if the race tells you gives you some rules to follow please follow them like you know if they say don't park on the side of the road because it's not allowed and the park will ticket and tow you (laughs) um don't park on the side of the road because even if you can get away with it like you know it just this is a these art race directors go through a lot of hoops to maintain relationships with the parks that they host these races in and 
a lot of that's contingent on them being able to keep the parks happy and, you know, not have the parks get torn up and made a mess. So the rules aren't there just to be a pain in the ass. If we want to keep having trail races in cool places, we do have to respect and honor the the ra- the rules of the races so that we can maintain um, the uh, relationship with them. So, and for the love of God, don't litter. Like no. there was a lot of litter on the course, and that was kind of t- disappointing to see. Yeah, it was almost to the point where you could have followed the litter trail and not had to have course marking. Yeah, I saw spots. like a full like a styrofoam cup of mashed potatoes still in it, like in the middle of like between aid stations. Like, like why did you leave the aid station with it? Yeah, uh, it's, it's like if if something falls out of your shorts and you don't know it, that's one thing. But come on, exactly. I'll uh, I'll drop in my plug for the collapsible cup that I carry because um, every time I wanted ramen noodles or mashed potatoes or bacon or Coke or whatever, just pop my cup open, go ahead and fill it up in there, you know, slurp it down as I'm walking between the aid stations, rinse it off and shove it back in my pocket. Is it the sea to summit one? Did no, you? it's no. a knockoff $3 one. I got at Academy about a decade ago. Love it. So <laughs> yeah, I, I, I totally, I, so I had a, I think it was at um, Equestrian. I got a, I, I, and I specifically asked them for like, I just want a very little bit of mashed potatoes because I didn't, because I, I wasn't going to carry it. I knew I was going to, and of course they gave me a full cup and I was like, okay, fine. But so I, I was like, I was eating like, I ate like half of it and then I threw out the rest and I was like, and then it, like today at some point I realized, I had my collapsible cup. I should have just had them put the mashed potatoes in that cup. You could have taken it with you. Yeah. Yep. That would have been great. But um so uh maybe we could we could start wrapping up here. This is this is a crew of uh very experienced trail runners here. Um is there is there anything you know now? that you wish you had known when you were starting out trail running? I guess the thing is, for me, um, you can be a completely normal person and still do this. I mean, I didn't think that I was ever going to be an ultra runner because I'm like, I can't do that. Well, look at me. I am doing it. There's nothing special about me. Um, I just put my shoes on and start moving and I think that's something that that beginners need to know it's like you're not like born with something special there's nothing there's not like any special ingredient or anything that you need to have in you to be able to do this like if you want to do it you can you're able um it might take uh, a lot of work and a lot of practice but normal people are out there doing these things and and you can too. That's a good point. I mean, how many people, with the, with the exception of the handful of people who make it professional, like everyone you talk to on the trail has a day job, you know, and 
exactly their living life and ha- um you know many have kids and families and other obligations they still do that's a great observation don't sleep on consistency i i've been a runner for most of my life um probably 20 plus years going all the way back to middle school high school track um and as i i grew up and got into to marathons and trail running and ultras it was always like try and try and do the long race and and see what you can get away with and see how you can do and i i finished a bunch of races um and i did okay with it but in the last year or so i started working more individually with the coach you know, with one-on-one individualized training plans. And I'm not saying that anybody has to do that specifically, but one thing that that brought with it was that I was consistently training a, a level on a weekly basis of about 40 to 50 miles a week. And I'd never had that level of consistency before. And coming into this race, I was not in the best of training shape. Um, I've, I'd had a couple of, I'd had a, a little bit of a disjointed summer, um, and managed to kind of salvage it and have a, a fairly decent race result in the fall. But, and since October, my training had not been quite as consistent as it had been for the rest of the year, but it was still more consistent than it had been before. Um, and I managed to get, uh, a PR on the 50 K today for the for a second day 50k (laughs) and and within 15 minutes of my pr and the 100k on saturday i was gonna say i mean your your 100k time was 1435 yeah thereabouts i mean which 1435 then you go out the next day run a 50k pr like that's crazy um and you're right well done yeah thanks I'm surprised you didn't plug the daily challenge. I I am a fan <laughs> of daily challenge. Uh, anybody that's talked to me for more than five minutes about fitness and running, I've probably talked about the daily challenge. So I'll go ahead and plug it here as well. It's uh, two miles of walking, running, or hiking, two minutes of front planking, 50 push-ups, and 50 sit-ups. And a group of about 20 of us started the daily challenge on November 7th, 2022. It is down to three of us, two of whom are in this room. Uh, me and Derek, we're on day 433. Four. But so, uh, some, yeah, 430 something. In the 400s. Um, and uh, we all did kick in 10 bucks. And whoever uh, is the last man standing without missing a day person is going to is going to because Lisa Lisa's that's right. Lisa's our mm-hmm. third our third challenge that's still with it. Um, but yeah, we've uh, it's and it's actually done wonders for my core strength and just my stability. Yeah. Um, just a little bit of the planking and sit ups every day and the push ups. Um, but yeah, just like a daily consistent routine just really helps get you that strength base. Something that, you know, it just kind of popped into my head and uh, about it. Um, y- you hear people talk a lot about how, like, oh, they're on their feet all day because that's their job, right? And it, do- it, it doesn't really count because, I mean, that's your jo- you're, you, you're doing that every day. You get used to it. You know, generally things 
that you do for exercise um, and training have to be um, have to stress your body in some way. And this is um, going to be kind of a roundabout, but it's it's intentionality to it, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Like you're intentionally exercising, and so it's not just oh we were walking, you know, to the grocery store and I, I logged the miles. Like, no, it, you're, you're, you're putting yourself in the mindset too. And that builds the consistency. Yes. Cause one of the rules of the daily challenge is that those two miles have to be an intentional activity, not, Oh, my, my watch counts my steps and I got 7,000 steps and that's the equivalent of three and a half miles or whatever. Yeah. No, that's a very good point. Although, Dog walking is intentional, so it is allowed. That's fair. Right. But I, I would say that that really has helped um, maintain the health in my lower back um, by by being consistent with those things. Because I had the back surgery in 2018. My surgeon said, well, you should pick a different form of cardio. Not thinking, well, that, no, that's you. not why I'm I mean, that's not the, the, the main reason why I'm doing this running stuff. That's it's sure there's a cardio benefit to it, but that's not why I'm doing this. And often doctors don't understand that, like we do this for fun. <laughs> right. Well, it's stress relief and other things, too. But, you know, at the end of when he got done seeing me at my my one year checkup after the surgery, well, you can do whatever you want to do, but well, you're, you're good for now, but I'll. I'll see you again when you when you blow your back out again. And he's left. I get the last laugh because he retired. But <laughs> um, but I, what I would say, um, my advice or thing, tip or whatever for someone who's starting out is every every race is going to be different. You can have an idea of what what you want to do going into a race. It's probably not going to go as planned you're going to have something that you're going to have to work through or troubleshoot or um, highs and lows that happen throughout the race. There's no way I would have gotten the finish time that I had if I wouldn't have latched onto Jada and had her pull me through the race because she was like, hey, we're going to run now. I'm getting cold. We need to run. Cold is a motivator. (laughs) I I was freezing. I had to move or sit down and die. Or try to do math because that was <laughs> My trail that was that was terrible. bad. <laughs> Nothing so good bad. Has He's ever like, Jada, how have, easy is it? I'm like, we're gonna have that not. one mile is gonna be 45 minutes going up up ahead there. Like, there's no way. But okay, even if in we count head, that one as 45 head, that part minutes, was so terrible, we still though. can do 18 minute miles on the rest of these. And oh, but but we should just run. Okay, okay. so we ran. <laughs> So I'm probably the exception of the rule, but I love doing ultra math and it Oh, I'm it, so terrible. I'm like really It distracts me from the pain. And I think that's just because I'm an engineer. It and just I'm constantly myself. just doing calculations and like, oh, well I can run seventeen seconds per mile slower for the next seven miles and I'll still be under this cutoff threshold. Trail math to me is like 
like a seventh grade sitting down and getting that like weird word problem. <laughs> like if a train leaves Chicago at 11.53 heading to, you know, it's it's all like that. I don't know. My brain can't do it. And it shuts down pretty early in in races too. Like I want to say by like m- mile 30, I, I can't math at all anymore. Yeah. But I know that about me now, so I don't even bother. I used to try to figure things out and I'd just get frustrated. I it's why I like having the little card and then every time yeah, I that get was to great. the aid station I can just look at it. Am I am I on pace for my goal or not? And you know, it, 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 I'm just looking at the clock time and the clock time and you know, what's on the card versus what's on the watch and um you know, clearly as I said earlier it doesn't always stop me from doing some trail math. That's terrible. But um, it's, you know, that, that, that's a nice thing to kind of just take it, you know, help take it away from you because, yeah. I, I, will, uh, I will second that plug for the pace card. I used to try and look at my watch and be like, oh, well, I need to be at an average of a, you know, 1130 mile pace to do this. Well, when you're out in the woods and the windy trails and the switchbacks, your GPS isn't going to necessarily read the right distance and it's not going to calculate the right average pace. Mm-hmm. But if you know that in order to hit your goal time, you need to be at each checkpoint by a certain time race time. Once you're in that checkpoint, you've made that you've gotten to that part of the course mm-hmm. and you can just go based on the time. So I'm, I'm a fan of that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 Bob it's, had a yeah. very nice pace chart that was laminated and everything. So he really he really went all out. It was lovely. I, I gotta give I gotta give some credit to Kevin Jordan for the idea. Uh, he he did that for he made those for uh, Western states. Uh, for, he gave each of his pacers one of them um, for their section. And his his went a little further. His had like elevation profile on it too. So you could see you do the climb you were going. Through. I I I don't know that I want another climb though. I just no. I'm I'll not sure the, how much I'll elevation was at this race, but <laughs> it was enough. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Some might say too much. Too much. Yeah. Especially on that 25k. Oh my God. I definitely prefer. <laughs> I did not love it. We I'm all make say. choices. I, I definitely prefer climbing to descending. Yeah, going yeah. down those hills is what really wrecked me this weekend. Mm-hmm. So that's something, my, I, it's something my, I need to work on. My quads are just absolutely destroyed. blown. Yeah, yeah. My like, legs have never been more thrashed. Yeah, they absolutely. Just, um, you guys are know it. Jada was the sotal as bad as you thought it would be. Yes and no. Uh, when I first went through all of that whole field of it, um, my legs were still like numb from the early morning. Mm-hmm. So that helped. And I didn't notice as much until I looked down and my legs were all bloody. And I'm like, oh, this is going to suck. <laughs> <laughs> but when I ran through it later, the the second loop, um, like I was getting cuts on my cuts. <laughs> 
and I was starting to have like this little like I was like having a version <laughs> whenever there was like a split in the trail and you could choose either way to go yeah. around I'm like looking to see where the sodal is and, and then you realize both ways path. are terrible <laughs> and Derek was just he was charging through it and it was like making me cringe yeah. seeing just him just go. and he's like it's, I'm just frustrated I'm just going through. it's going to cut you just go yeah. just so, I was like so, I can't in fact, today during the 50K, I was I linked up with a lady as we hit the sisters, which is where most of the Sotol is. Mm-hmm. The sisters, uh, for reference, is a, a set of three hills all in a row that are big climbs and descents, and that's where the, the worst of the Sotol is. And if you don't know what Sotol is, picture a yucca plant with like cactus spines along the edges of the leaves. It's like getting paper cuts like across you when you're running past them. It's just yes. lots of little paper cuts. Yeah. So we're we're running through this first of the Sotol field and this lady stops and kind of carefully picks her way around the Sotol. And we'd been talking about it. And she says, oh, yeah, I've heard about it. And I think I'm ready. <laughs> and and we got to the first section p- place where the Sotol crossed the trail and she carefully picked her way around it. And I just kind of chuckled and charged through it. And then we kind of rounded the bend and she saw that it was just Sotol as far as the eye could see and said, Oh, I do want to say, though, that part of the course was super pretty. Yes, it was yes. really pretty. I was like, too bad. It hurts so bad. <laughs> I so. so what I thought was weird. I, I really aside from a couple of times where like it kind of like managed to like poke me. Stab you. Right. Yeah. That really hurt. Um, most of it was. Fun. Those are the cuts that drip. Yeah. I had a couple. of Yeah. I mean, it really wasn't that bad and even when i got in the shower i was surprised that it didn't hurt more. i was surprised by that too i was expecting yeah. it to be a lot more painful like that the posterior shower but it wasn't that bad i'm glad i didn't use biofreeze this year <laughs> well i was thinking like if you have like like um spray sunscreen you know how that can sting on anything yeah. or like bug spray that would really hurt on all those little oh, cuts yeah. but it's january so we didn't have to worry about that <laughs> i uh, yeah no i did the and and I can't I I've tried to pronounce it the the way you you do and that I've heard all the other locals say it and I just always just keep saying sodal instead so I'm I'm, not, I'm just I'm just gonna leave that one but it's kind of like that is like an encapsulation of ultra running in general mm. of like it's gonna suck you're gonna do it anyways. So just go. <laughs> it's all about resiliency. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, and the bacon. Yes, bacon, bacon is very important. So we we did, when we went to breakfast this morning, um, and we were we were we were that would be the two of us who did not do the correct, extra. Correct. Um, I was looking at the menu and, uh. Derek and I ordered the same special, uh, but I misread the menu, and because the way, the way it read was like, oh, you'd get bacon and then either ham or sausage patty, and no, it was bacon, ham or sausage, you know, it was one of the three meats, and which is obvious, and I should have noticed. So I ordered sausage patty, and then the plates come out. And I had no bacon. And I was like, oh, yeah, because I'm an idiot. And then I was going to let it go. <laughs> and I was going to let it go. And I was just going to be like, okay, that's fine. And then I, you know, we, 
the the server came over to refill our coffee, and I was like, "No, I want that bacon." Hey, can you give me one a side of bacon real quick before we leave, please? <laughs> <laughs> I had to get the bacon. Bacon's important. Bacon is very important. Fat, protein, all that salt. Oh yeah. I have an unrelated bacon story that I'm happy to share. Please. At uh, Leadville, my uh, crew had made some bacon to keep in the uh, in the crew kit and hand to me where wherever and whenever I needed it, and they forgot about the bacon. So the Leadville starts very early in the morning. It's 4 a.m. So we went to the start. I started. They went back to the Airbnb, slept for another couple hours, woke up, made some bacon to have on hand for crewing me. And one of my crew members just wrapped the bacon in aluminum foil and stuffed it in his pocket. And this was Saturday morning. He forgot about it for the rest of the weekend. Monday morning, we're packing to to load the car and check out of the Airbnb. He reaches in his jacket pocket. He's like, oh, here's the bacon from Saturday. I forgot to give it to you. I just stuck my hand right out. He put it in my hand. I unwrapped it and I ate it right then and there. Two-day-old bacon. bacon. It was delicious. My favorite bacon story is is uh, is fiction. Did um, did y'all watch The Office when it was on? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> where he burns his foot. <laughs> I like the smell of bacon when I'm waking up. <laughs> oh man, when I wasn't I wasn't a huge Office fan, but Erica, my wife, she says you have to watch this episode. And just to see a George Foreman grill next to a bed with bacon on. <laughs> Killed me. I love that episode. And he bubble wraps his foot. Oh, all right. Well, we're we're getting a little loopy. It's getting late, and um, and I'm sure everyone wants to sleep except for um, the two gentlemen across from me who have to do their daily challenge stuff still. I'm done. Oh, you're done. Okay. So the one gentleman. <laughs> he didn't race a 50K today. <laughs> no, we had practice. I just picked up all your buckets. <laughs> From the wrong aid station. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you all for, for jumping on here. This is fun. Uh, thank you, Chris, for the idea to bring the mics and do this episode and for hosting us. It's been a wonderful weekend, um, and uh, I look forward to doing another one of these races with you all again sometime soon. So um, thank you all for for listening to You Said 100 Miles, uh, and uh, have a great day.